Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. It's toll-free. doesn't cost you a penny to call from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You can do that. Download the free Animal Radio app right now. We'll wait. No, no, we won't actually wait. We can't do that. Uh, But uh, you can do that anytime you want from the Google Store or your Apple iTunes Store. Coming up on today's show, it looks like David Fry is going to be calling in. Uh, Of course, you know him from the Thanksgiving Day Dog Show on NBC. Also on the show today, Robert Semro with five things you must do when your pet is annoying your neighbors. Uh Uh-oh. I think we've all dealt with that at one time or another. Yes. Yes, about dogs. We have a neighbor down the street. Seems to debark his dog. This is a surgical <gasps> procedure. Yeah, they had a dog and it used to bark and then all of a sudden it didn't. And when that dog passed away, they got another dog and now this one's not barking, barking either. either. You sort of hear like, oh, ah, yeah. and it's a horrible procedure. It's uh, akin to decline in cats. It's something yeah. that you shouldn't have to do. Uh, so Robert's going to help us with some tips on just in case the dog or any of your pets are really ticking the neighbors off. You'll want to be listening today. And uh, maybe you're one of those neighbors that gets ticked off. Because your dog's so quiet and the next door neighbor's dog is just noisy all the time. <laughs> Stirring it up. I know the ones that are on my block. <laughs> By their voice. I guess I'm lucky. Yes. My neighbors love my dogs. They they just, they, they don't right away know all their names. But, they, I mean, they always go, ah, uh, that's Sunday, right? Well, you're lucky. You're very <laughs> is lucky. Is that Roro? <laughs> yes. You are You've lucky. You've only seen him every day for the past, you know, five years. Well, this is interesting because Judy knows all the names of the dogs around the neighborhood, but she doesn't know the people that own them. Right. And I can... Don't you do that? I I, I do that. I I go, yeah, you know, um, Thumbelina's mom. Yep. (laughs) Yes. Ben's mom. And I can identify the dogs by their bark. I can hear a dog barking and say, oh, I know that's this dog three doors down or this dog. I know the dogs by their bark. They're like children to you. They are. And even one well, I they was, you're a pet sitter. One I nicknamed Rooster because this dog sounds like a crow. It was hilarious. And every time I walked by, it would be like a crow going off. And I met the lady one time and I said, you know what? I said, I really shouldn't be telling you this, but I said, I've nicknamed your dog the Rooster because I don't know his name and he sounds like a rooster. And she starts laughing and she says, you know what? We call him that too. <laughs> That's not his name. But. Oh hey, yeah. if you're an animal lover like us. Give us a call right now. We definitely want to check in with you. In just a few minutes, the bottom of the hour, we have news from all over the country. It's pet news, animal news, news that you can use, important stuff. And this hour, what are you working on, Miss Brooks? I'm going to share with you what FurryCon is because I'm taking a survey around here and trying to find out if everybody knows what FurryCon is because I don't and I don't think you guys do. I can take a stab Uh, at it. Can I? I think it might probably be one of the like those film festivals for cats where they have just show all cat videos. That's what I would think of furry I, I think is. that's a reasonable yeah. guess, but you're wrong. Wrong, huh? Yeah. Oh, furry well, yeah. comic books on animals. <laughs> Very good, Joey. That was a, that was a nice... <laughs> <laughs> Joey, what do you got coming up this show? Well, if your cat is... is I'm, I'm actually talking about cats today. But if your cat is prone to hairballs, um, I'm going to tell you what you could do to reduce that problem. Oh, this is good news because actually this morning my first step out of bed was into a hairball. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, was it wet? It was wet. Cold. You gotta watch they're not slippery. Yes. That, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's on the way. If you have a hairbally cat, you want to be listening for Joey Volani. Let's go to the phones for your calls and Dr. Debbie right now. And let's go to Ernie. Hey, Ernie, how are you? Yes, I'm doing great. Where are you uh, calling from today? 
I am calling from the Fayetteville, Fort Bragg part of North Carolina. Oh, listen. Where we train uh, uh, combat war dogs to jump out of uh, perfectly good airplanes with parachutes. You train dogs oh, to no, jump no, out I of? I was in the unit that did it. I didn't do it. Oh, okay. Wow. wow. Oh, they, they do that cool. there at Fort Bragg is what you're saying. Yes, sir. They were the 82nd Airborne Division. Wow. Okay. So what's going on with your animals? What do you got? I have golden retrievers, three of them, and they're marvelous dogs. I've had them my, my whole life. They're very responsive to good training and uh, you know, otherwise, you know, fairly smart dog. I have one young guy. Little Jasper, he's a year and a month old. We cannot brush him. We tried different type of styles of softer, stiffer brushes. You know, we we, we show him the brush and he goes berserk. Mm. Oh, okay. I'm so, wondering is there some behavioral technique that I could try that I don't know about? Well, let me ask you, how does he respond to petting? Very well. And, and, he's, so and he's a I, snuggly guy. Fingers, he likes to be. I take my fingers and make them into little, three little spokes and run them down his back. He, he's ready to go into panic mode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And have you ever had to like brush him like through, say, a bad mat? Or has there been something unpleasant that he's had uh, with a, a brushing That's, experience? We've been searching. My wife and I have searched our, you know, uh, our experiences with him. And we can't come up with anything. We, we stroke him, and he responds nicely to it. Uh-huh. And uh, okay. it's just that if we try to brush him, and he has that thick undercoat like most goldens do, and uh, we, you know, we, we we know he needs to be brushed. Okay, well, it, it's interesting because it's it's hard to some dogs will have a negative experience, and that kind of shapes their fear or intolerance for something like uh, brushing. Um, other dogs just have not been really exposed to that and, and had a good experience, so they just are a little bit of afraid of the whole situation. Um, well, Jasper so, tries to learn anything from the other two older ones. But he doesn't get this from brushed. them, huh? They love to be brushed. Okay. And he watches them, and he doesn't say, well, that he looks usually, cool. Yeah, he usually uh, uh, you know, knocks off the uh, anything that you know occurs with the, with the mm. bigger guys. And, okay. Uh, it does it well, except for this business with it with a hairbrush. Okay. I was well, thinking, I... you know, is there something else besides a brush? Well, uh, anything that I try, like uh, we even try to comb, he feels mm-hmm. it going down his his spine there, and uh, he reacts badly. Okay. Well, let's definitely, what I'm going to recommend is to change up his routine altogether when it comes to anything that's of a grooming nature. Um, one of the first things that I would do is I would say nothing with a handle, nothing that it resembles a brush at all. Um, because the, if he's responding to the, just the appearance of a brush, then we're already having some anxiety set in. So what I would suggest is I would actually look for, um, there's different varieties of grooming gloves out there, and a lot of cat owners will tend to use these because not all cats like to you know, be brushed. Okay, um, that sounds and there's, like, a gr- like a great thought. Yeah, so the other thing that I would do is that make sure that when, when you are getting ready to brush him, that you um, do a couple things. One is get him as tired as you can. So make sure you do something very active, play ball, take him swimming, uh, go for a very long walk. Just exert some physical activity so he's a little bit less maybe just energized as a one-year-old <laughs> retriever will be. We down. We go out. We have five acres of grass here. And he, you know, he runs and runs and runs, and he's boy. He comes the second he comes in the door, he crashes. Good. So that's when I want you to catch him, because I'll tell you, after physical activity, many dogs are much more tired and less apt to be um, responsive. You know, these goldens are very active dogs. They're very high energy dogs. 
but I've, you know, I haven't tried that. I've only tried it in the evening when he's relaxed or when mm-hmm. he's had a bath and we dried him off. Yeah. And he's like always in that relaxed, you know, state. So you give me some very good ideas. Okay. And what I'm going to recommend also is we're, we're not going to want to go for the goal of brushing him out fully. I just, I would say a success would be having him allow you brush him for a minute. That, that is really, and it may be 30 seconds, but we want it to be a good experience. And so this is where you pull out the high value treats. So whether it's like a piece of hot dog, um, a little bit of peanut butter on a wooden spoon that he can lick while you're doing this. Um, I Mero like string snacks, cheese. Something, well, Mero Snacks, is, that's, that's a dog treat. I'm talking pull something out of the refrigerator. And this okay. is the time. This is, oh, okay, a veterinarian better. is telling you pull out people food. But this is really, you need something that's going to be super high value that you don't give them at other times. And it'll give the wow factor up. Fantastic. And you only give that at the time of the um, the grooming glove. And His small bouts. Little, you know, little ham chunks. Yeah. So little bits at a time, 30 minute, 30 seconds to a minute, no more than that. You see any anxiety, those ears go down, tail goes down, he starts licking his lips, looking around, you stop. Um, and then just build up to it slowly. And then, you know, we'll see. Maybe with time we can get him up to um, a brush. But it's, it's definitely going to take time for him to – and be, be thoughtful of where he enjoys being touched the Ma'am, most and where he doesn't be enjoying. One about it. Is there a chance of something like maybe they grow out of? He's only uh, 13 months old. Well, most most folks that work in behavior will tell you that behavior problems never get better with time if we don't address them. They only get worse. Yes, ma'am. So, yeah, yeah. So a it's a lot of it's, great great things for me to try, and yeah. I can't wait to do it because I really see some of those things that uh, that you mentioned probably will will work out. Mm. All right. Well, I good so. luck for things. Love the show. Look forward to it. It's more than just education. It's 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 fun and entertainment. Yeah, you guys keep it up because it's so. It, it's so uh, uh, rewarding and enriching to us uh, pet owners. That's why we do it. Thank you, Ernie, for Thank your call. You. Listening on WFNC in North Carolina, Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I got to say, is there any chance there would be a medical problem here? You know, that, that's a good point. We didn't even actually dabble into that. But, you know, if a pet has uh, skin disease, allergies, itchiness, then they're going to be intolerant for um, grooming or excessive contact in that fashion. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. But he, he described that the dog did like to be petted. So um, okay. hopefully that's not the case. Okay. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie right now, it's toll free from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. And by all means, if you happen to have a mini schnauzer or a cute old pug or a shih tzu or a Yorkshire terrier, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. They're Kindle books, and they're available over at Amazon. We have links from AnimalRadio.com. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. She was shot dragged by a dog, hung upside down, and then left in the household refrigerator for two days. But a duck, now named Perky, seems to have come back to life. A hunter's wife in Florida got an unusual greeting when she opened up her refrigerator door. A duck that her husband had shot two days earlier lifted up her head. She called her daughter, who took the duck to the vet. Perky the duck had suffered a broken leg and a broken wing, but was given to the Goose Creek Wildlife Sanctuary, where she'll live out her life in a sort of duck paradise. Now that's one lucky duck. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals 
are people too. Animal Radio. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-785-1673. Check out Animal Radio Highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets toll-free from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. You are quite the dancer. Oh, thank you. I love that. You got some new bumper music. You got some Motown, my favorite music. Well, I thought we'd switch it up for that, that, That's um, Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Michael Jackson. Love, love, Yes. Love. Also a big animal lover, but we all know that. Oh, right. yes, with the zoo and everything. And Whatever happened to bubbles. those animals? They got dispersed. I know Tippi Hendren got some of the lions, and I think some of the chimps went to a chimp haven in Malibu. I got to meet one of his chimps once. You did? Yeah. Bubbles. Bubbles. What a chimp that chimp was. So, let's see. Uh, We're talking dogs and cats. Of course, if you have a horse or a bird or any of the other animals that uh, might be associated with typical companion animals, uh, we can answer those questions, hopefully help you out medically and grooming uh, i know that uh joey Volani, he's quite the groomer i mean he's, he's not just a dog groomer he has a bird so he knows how to groom birds he knows how to groom cats uh flamingos. and he does your hair yeah he does my <laughs> hair too and it's li- i don't know how if, if you should be saying that you have a dog groomer do your hair <laughs> it's uh cheaper because we all know how much we all get paid around here it's it's we do this for the love of the animals yes so uh, but it does look good. Yeah, and he uses that dog shampoo, too. He does use that dog shampoo yes. and a little doggy brush. And he puts me in a little leash just before to keep me still. Yes. Uh, because I jump around. Yeah. yeah. And he brings out the high premium treats we're talking about. Uh, what, hot dogs, cheese, <laughs> for that. So I'm a, I'm a good boy when he does my hair. In just a few minutes, Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian, will be back to talk about the Fear Free program and how well it's doing. Is your veterinarian a Fear Free vet yet? I don't know. Apparently, he's going to be teaching you how you can have a fear-free house and home soon. What a great movie. That's great. Yes. Lori, what are you working on? Uh, Animal lovers are celebrating a big victory in something that uh, was really not great. In fact, it was downright horrible that was happening around the world before. Mm. But it's changing. Yeah. I know what it is. (laughs) But I'm not going to tell you. You have to wait. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to line three. Hi, John. How y'all doing? Super. What's going on with you today? I have a schnauzer dog that goes outside and loves to eat grass and then comes back in the house a couple hours later and throws up. How do I keep my dog from eating grass? Keep him inside. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was just a simple, easy answer. 
But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great mystery. Dogs do love to eat grass, and often it will cause them to vomit. So the question is, do dogs do that because they feel sick and they want to vomit, or do they just love to chew grass? And there's really, nobody really knows. Um, so the, the bottom line answer is, if that's a, if something that becomes a problem, then we want to limit his access to that. So I, I, I'm sorry I was joking in that. But that, that is definitely one way we can do that. Now, the other thing would be is to look at potential causes. If we're looking for a medical reason, we would want to look at some different aspects. And first thing I would do is um, look at how often you're feeding, um, because sometimes if we're doing just once a day feeding, we can change that to twice a day, and the pet may feel more satisfied. Um, We can add in things like chew bones when he's in the home, things to occupy, give him that kind of chewing outlet. Um, And then also I'll look at doing things like checking a stool sample and doing a prophylactic deworming. Um, Very important because we may not know that a pet has worms, but they may have some low-grade stomach upset. Um, So deworming and testing for worms is really one of the first things I would do to kind of screen a dog that's doing this. And then there's other medical causes, so we can tap into that and, you know, certainly have them examined. But we might even consider just a diet change, switching them over to a different variety of food um, that might agree with him a bit differently and uh, might favor his system in a better way. So kind of experimenting and cookbooking with that in some other way. Now, did you say he was having any other problems of any sort? No, he just, just loves to eat grass, you know, like a <laughs> I guess he should have been a cow, you know, I don't know. I I was going to say part nanny goat, but for some folks, if they're taking their dogs outside or they're taking them to the park and this is just a real bad problem, I'll recommend to keep them on leash or even to put a basket muzzle on because that can kind of help from them picking up things that they shouldn't be. Um, But I'd say that, you know, I think I'd look at some of these ways that we can work on his diet, help to decrease boredom, and then just make sure we're checking out his GI health really well. Sounds great. I appreciate your help. Thanks, John, for your call. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We caught up with Dr. John Howe, Certified Aquatic Veterinarian at the American Veterinary Medical Association Convention in Denver. Dr. Howe does surgery on fish. We take them out of the water, we put them in a bath that has the anesthetic in it, and we set them on a form so they're laying in the position we want them to, and we run a tube with water being pumped out of the anesthetic water into their mouth, flowing over the gills, so that keeps them anesthetized. There's more at avma.org. That's avma.org. Hi, it's Alan Cable. Welcome to The Mess. Here's today's great dog story. You're going to love this. Olivia Sievers is a flight attendant that flies a lot from Germany to Argentina. She spotted a stray dog outside of her hotel in Buenos Aires. She was drawn to him, spent a couple of minutes, and then thought nothing about it. But every time she came into town, the dog appeared to be waiting for her and would follow her around wherever she went. Looks like this dog knew who he wanted. Anyway, she arranged 
arranged for him to be taken to a shelter and adopted. Some folks did adopt him, but the dog escaped the home and went back to the hotel. So Olivia decided she would adopt the dog and take him back home. You know, some dogs and people are just magical. This is Animal Radio, baby. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Taiwan has become the first country in Asia to pass a law outlawing the human consumption of dog and cat meat. You've probably heard a lot about that. Yeah. Big cheers. An amendment to an animal protection law passed earlier this month by the Taiwanese indicates a changing attitude there, describing now a society in which dog meat was regularly eaten before, now changing more to one in which many people treat pets, their cats and dogs, as valued members of their families. That according to the government's own news agency. The president of Taiwan even posed frequently with her two cats during her presidential campaign last year year and since then she has adopted three dogs since becoming president dog meat is consumed in many parts of asia as a delicacy but cat meat less frequently eaten passage of that new landmark law though was the first ever national legislation against the practice of eating dog and cat meat and those now who are cut doing so in taiwan at least can be fined up to eighty two hundred dollars and those meantime who are convicted of intentionally harming or torturing animals, they can face two years in jail and a $65,000 fine. There's a, a woman in Michigan who took her big Bernese mountain therapy dog to an event called FurryCon. Have you ever heard of FurryCon, guys? I've never heard of it. Never. Nope. You're going to find out uh, something about this. They, like I would have been too, I'm sure, and probably you guys, uh, were a little bit surprised to learn the definition of a furry at FurryCon. You see, Cheryl Wasses thought fur- uh, FurryCon was a, a pet event, like I think we all did, oh. and uh, she took her dog only to discover it was actually a gathering of furries, meaning furries is what they call people who like to dress up as anthropomorphic animals. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Or rather, yeah. Anthropomorphism is what most of us do with our pets, which is giving them human characteristics and qualities. Cheryl and her dog, Link, volunteer with a nonprofit group, Pets for Vets, a great group, and they give veterans a chance to interact with therapy dogs. And so their group was chosen to receive money raised by the FurryCon event. And she agreed that, sure, you know, I'll do a presentation, but she didn't really realize that she needed to be aware of what was going to go on there. Because 
What really happens at the FurryCon convention is that people dress up as animals with human-like qualities, like, uh, say, maybe a person wearing a, a kind of a cartoonish-looking dog costume, and that dog is wearing a suit and a tie and smoking a pipe, because that's what humans do. So, wow. You know, or maybe a cat dancing and wearing a ball gown. So it sounds really different. Now, Cheryl admits it was a little embarrassing at first because Link was like the only real dog there. And uh, he was kind of curious as to, he's a smart dog, therapy dog, wondering why there are people with tails. Uh, so the really heartwarming part of this story as it continues is that Cheryl got to talk to a lot of people there and learn a lot about this. And she talked with one of the mothers whose son was a furry. And she told her about how so many of the young people at FurryCon just don't feel comfortable in their own skin, but then they put on their costumes and voila, they're transformed and happy. And the bonus is that FurryCon ended up raising $10,000 for Pets for Vets that day. Mm, There is a convention for everything, isn't there? (laughs) There is. Now, if you live in Pennsylvania, I know we have a lot of listeners there, then you are probably very familiar with former Governor Ed Rendell's dog, Maggie. And we're very sad to tell you that the rescue golden retriever adopted by Rendell in 2007 died a few weeks ago. Hmm. Maggie had a pretty sad story. She was a breeder dog on an Amish farm and had lived her first two and a half years of life in a rabbit hutch. And all she did was have babies. Never left that rabbit hutch. Hmm. Yeah. She was then sold to a rescue after having a litter of stillborn puppies. And the rescue group, they knew that the governor had recently lost another golden retriever, and so they contacted him about adopting Maggie. And then on a a Facebook post tribute to Maggie, Rendell wrote, I've lived on this earth for over 73 years, and as a trained lawyer, the most persuasive empirical evidence I have found about the existence of God is that someone must have done something right to create that special bond between dog and human. Mm -hmm. It exists for us with virtually no other animal, and I can't believe that it happened just by accident. Amen. I'm Lori Brooks. Yeah, get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Aha, that could only mean one thing. The dog father, Joey Villani, is in the studio. And uh, I'm looking sharp, dapper. Dapper. I like that word, dapper. It's like dapper. The, like the word mahogany. Mahogany. Okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever you say, Al. <laughs> so, uh, what's so, I I got a, I got an interesting um call today. It's a cat question. I don't usually um answer too many cat grooming questions, but um you know what? You got to groom your cat just as much as you got to groom your dog. So. It um it actually um is a good question. So the woman is asking me. Her apparently, um her kitty has um problems with hairballs, and and it's more than the cat just spitting them up. Um, they become a, a medical problem where a lot of times um 
whatever they have to do a procedure in order to relieve the cat. And what she wanted to know, would routine grooming um, actually stop it? And routine grooming is not going to stop the problem, but it will alleviate it drastically. Um, if you can, not only just by brushing and combing your cat, if you're able to wash your cat, and not all cats um, <laughs> like to wash You know what? But hold on. I got a trick here that I'm going to tell you guys about. Okay. Cats... Generally, it's not the water they don't like. It's the process of the spraying and all that. So if you're going to bathe your cat, this is what I recommend. If you can have, if you have a double sink, it's perfect. If not, if you got two buckets, it's even better. Um, fill one up with a cat shampoo or a pet-grade shampoo. And you're not going to fill You're going to fill it with water, and you're going to add some, is what I should say, with nice warm water. And then you're going to have rinse water with um, just a teaspoon of vinegar per gallon of water. What you're going to do is, is you're going to dip the cat in, and believe it or not, you're going to see that the cat is not going to mind that. It's comfortable. It's warm. It's like getting into a warm bath, and usually they'll put their little paws up on, on, on the end and keep their head out, and, and you can wash them, and then you actually dip them in the rinse water. Now, we used to do this a lot of times in a grooming salon when we had cats that just, you know, that, that you couldn't bathe them. And I'm going to say 90% of the times it worked extremely well. Um, if you can do that, what that's going to do, it's going to eliminate all those oils. See, oils will hold um, the loose hair in the coat. So you can brush it, you can comb it a million times, but there's always a little bit that's going to stay behind because it's being held back by the natural oils of the coat. By cleaning the oils off, and you don't want to do it too often because the oils are good for the, for the coat, but if you did it once a month um, or every six to eight weeks, um, you'll see a significant difference in, in the cat um, having hairball, hairball problems because it's going gonna, it's gonna to reduce um, actually what they're swallowing. If you can't do that, then just a brush, a comb, and if you've got a little cornstarch to absorb some of that oil, sprinkle it in the coat and brush it through, and it will make a major difference, and sure. um, it should um, help alleviate the, the problems. And you say that works 90% of the time, yeah. meaning there's 10% where you'll end up in the hospital, right? <laughs> this, let me tell you, that's very possible. <laughs> that I wish is I very possible. I wish I would have known this um, trick back when I worked for the vet and had to bathe cats, and it's funny, I bathed them, and you know, of course, I would spray them because I didn't know that it was actually the spray that uh, scared them. And the cat that got me the worst, that just tore me up, was actually my son's cat that I brought in. Yeah, out of all the cats I bathed, it was my son's cat that. Uh, yeah, they, they will deskin you uh, yeah. by running by running up your arm and, and across <laughs> your chest, back, and head. I don't know if they have claws. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that works. That works really, really well. And um, it's um, like I said, they they kind of enjoy it. It's not like they don't like water. They don't. They just don't like the process of what we do in sure, spraying. Sure. Yeah. Well, I have an agreement with my cat. He'll be fastidious and uh, wash himself, and he will not so, make me bleed. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> yes. Do you have um? Do you have hairball problems with your cat? I do at all? have hairball no, problems, but oh, I, I use yes. like a, a comb and a furminator. And it's only when I don't. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of times the cats can't relieve it, and and then they they have to go on uh, medication, and then sometimes it's even surgery. That's why I got the licky tongue. The, the licky brush? The licky That's brush. Right. The licky, right. I forgot yes. about the licky brush. That's right. <laughs> okay, there you go. Joey Volani, please send your uh, medical bills directly to him at Animal Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
Hi, this is Elaine Boozler on Animal Radio. Stay and new to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> <laughs> The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800 785 1673 our prime mission was to educate about Spain and neutering and the extreme homeless population of animals, most of them being euthanized, many, many millions at the time. And since then, we've seen a lot of causes, a lot of different things going on where people get behind some great causes. But this one is one that we definitely get behind. It's called the Fear Free Movement. And we've been talking about it, but if you're new to animal radio, this is a great concept where if you take your pet to the veterinarian, they're not afraid to go because they enjoy going because there's treats and they're gentle there. And they've made an environment where your dog or cat or flamingo or fish or whatever you take to the veterinarian will enjoy going to the veterinarian. And the creator behind that was our good friend and animal radio correspondent, Dr. Marty Becker. Have we known each other 17 years? <laughs> I know, that's pretty amazing. You guys are old. What the heck? <laughs> Kidding. I'm running, out, I'm running out of hair. You know, the old, old comb-over's not working as good anymore. You and me both, My buddy. My gosh, I can't believe it. I know. Uh, a gal came up to me uh, on a flight today and said, I can't believe you've, this was a flight attendant, I can't believe you've flown 5 million miles on Delta. <laughs> Because I've only met one other person in 32 years that's flown more than you. and But as you know, it's one of these things where instead of retiring, I'm refiring and Ooh. just been, uh, I like that one. I do yeah. like that. I do like Thank that. You. And Thank you've you. been gathering those miles, really putting together a huge network for Fear Free. Yeah. And, and you know, to, to describe it, I wish I could say I came up with this slogan, I, but I didn't. Um, it's called Taking the Pet Out of Petrified is the trademark slogan. And that about says it. It's, it's simply looking after a pet's physical and emotional well-being. And I've owned all or part of seven veterinary hospitals over the years. And it's really funny. If you look on fearfreepets.com at my bio, when I was a little kid in grade school, they used to call me a farty becker. And then, <laughs> and then when I was in high school, it was farty pecker. Oh, my. So, so listen, if, if somebody says farty, I'm going to look, right? It's like, oh, my God, it must be a classmate. But, you know, Oz calls me America's veterinarian. And it just it was so incredible, this awakening when I heard this veterinary behaviorist talk to think, God, I've always, I've, I've loved animals. I've been compassionate. Uh, I've always, you know, spoken for them in the, in the 25 books or on TV or syndicated column, but I'd never looked after their emotional well-being. 
And now we know that we've been causing repeat severe psychological damage to pets. And Dr. Deb knows this. Everybody in veterinary medicine gets in this because of a love of animals. Nobody gets in it to make life worse for animals. But we didn't expect it to be better medicine. So tell me now, it's been a few years since you've introduced Fear Free to veterinary clinics, trying to encourage them to switch over. How many veterinary clinics now are on board? Oh my gosh, this is such a blessing. Been working on this since 2009, but we actually, it's an online learning program. And there, there's eight modules, and it takes a minimum of nine hours to go through it. So most people, nine to 17 hours of online work. And as of April 1st, we had a little over 11,000 wow. individuals wow. that have gone through it. What if I uh, am just the regular John Doe? Pet owner. Pet owner. <laughs> and, and my veterinarian, or at least the, as far as I know, my veterinarian does not use this fear-free practice. How can I get them to do that? Well, if you go to fearfreepets.com, first of all, as a pet owner, we're going to engage you as well. So the, the site right now, it's set up for, we're going to create what we call Fear Free Happy Homes. It became pretty evident that what, what good is it of having an exquisite veterinary visit and then they go home to a pet that's full of stress. So we've engaged a, a lot of experts. We have about 200 experts now. And we call it fear-free, happy home members. So you'll learn how to reduce fear, anxiety, and stress in your own house and increase happy. You can also go on there and search in your area and see if your veterinarian or the veterinary nurse that works there is fear-free certified. If, if they're not, I would highly encourage them to look into this program. Um, we have some people on this group that are, are gifted. Temple Grandin is the one that comes to mind. Sure. Uh, Temple Grandin, for those that don't know it, there's uh, a book called uh, Lost in Translation. Uh, She is a gifted savant that has taught us so much on this Fear Free group about about animals' emotion, what makes them fearful, things that I never thought about, like how we take them from home where they have their familiar scent, and we take them to a clinic that has none of their scent, and that when we examine them, we don't keep them in balance. We tend to pull their limbs you know, away, away from their body and have them off balance, which causes stress. Th- this thing is filled full of experts. There's 53 boarded behaviorists. There's experts in the zoo world that taught animals to present themselves for services. There's enrichment experts, uh, the head of animal cognition at Duke, the head of animal cognition at Columbia, the head of ethology at MIT, these medical icons. Yeah, it's really a who's who is on board for this. And one thing that you just mentioned that I want to point out, this is not just for the vet clinics. You're launching something brand new where people at home can make your fear-free environment at home. At home. But, you know, what What I want to stress is your veterinarian, some of them haven't heard about it. Uh, some of them need a little bit of a push to do it. Some people say, oh, we're already doing Fear Free or we've already been doing it for years. No, no, you haven't. I'm, I'm here to tell you I learn something every week from this group, these 200 experts, that we now know so much more than we knew before about how to reduce fear, anxiety, and stress and how to increase calm and happy. So hopefully you can nudge them over the edge to to join this amazing group of people, which by the end of by the end of this year we'll probably have close to half of all the the veterinary personnel in the United States uh, oh, wow. on on board. 
If people want to learn more, the website is fearfreepets.com. Fearfreepets.com. And of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Doctor, and I'm not going to call you Farty. I'm going to call you Smarty. (laughs) (laughs) Smarty Becker. Thanks, you guys. Take care of yourself. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, this is Josh DeMel on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And I understand David Fry is going to be calling us this hour. Of course, the one half of the uh, John O'Hurley and David Fry couple that hosts uh, all the dog shows that you see, especially the NBC one on uh, Thanksgiving Day. I always think of them as a couple now. I they can't are. think of one without the other. And they're again together. They have a brand new show. It's a Beverly Hills dog show. Oh, Ritzy. exciting. I'm thinking it's Ooh, just la, a, lot la. Of, yeah, yeah. a lot of pocket dogs. <laughs> but apparently there's a whole celebrity aspect to it this year they have uh i'll let him tell you about it coming up in just a few minutes of course he was also the uh, founder of angels on a leash which is a hospital therapy pet therapy program so Mm -hmm. good stuff so that's coming up in a few minutes right here on animal radio also five things you must do when your pet is annoying your neighbors yeah have you ever had a neighbor come over and say hey your dog's just barking too much can't stand it or you're fearful that they'll do something to your dog because of its mm, barking. Yeah. And these, these are all things that people have to deal with. Fortunately, our dog... <laughs> never mind. Uh, <laughs> Mine are perfect. Yes. Sure, <laughs> they are. So are ours. So Robert, Robert Simro around the corner with some solutions on that. Uh, Lori, what are you working on for this hour? I'm going to tell you about a celebrity who is fostering an unusual type of dog that we we don't really hear a lot about, this kind of special adoption. Um, But it's fostering, but we'll tell you why he knows it's just foster and he's not going to adopt. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. First, your calls for Dr. Debbie. And Dr. Debbie, I'm going to let you pick this time. All five seem to be blinking. It's a busy day. Let's go right in the middle. Let's go three. Okay. And it gives me great pleasure to bring Andy in on the show. Hi, Andy. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Where are you today? Uh, I'm in uh, Irvine, California. Oh, Southern California, the L.A. area, probably listening on coast. So what's going on? Um, The question I have is I'm in the process of uh, getting a kitten. Good. And the breeder... Their standard is to uh, spay or neuter at uh, 12 weeks when they uh, deliver the cat to you. Okay. And my question was whether that impacts the growth on kittens. I know it does on uh, dogs, but I'm not sure about the felines. The breeder says, no, it doesn't make a difference, And but 
I know some vets say, yes, it does, so I'm kind of confused. Okay. So years and years and years ago, um, there used to be stories that we were worried that early um, neutering of male cats caused problems with an increased risk in urinary blockages. That is no longer found to be true. And it does not affect um, the size or the, the diameter of the urinary um, tract. So, um, no, for cats, actually, there is no um, uh, concern that we have about um, spaying or neutering before six months of age um, for regards with growth um, or you know any of those types of things. So I would totally be comfortable, and I think that's actually very, um, you know, great of that that breeder that they're actually advocating that um, beforehand because we know with female cats they can actually go into heat before six months Um, so you know a lot of communities that's why they recommend uh, mandating them to be spayed at four months of age because they can go into heat at five and get pregnant Um, so no I would definitely um, endorse that and uh, you know support that decision as long as you know the kitties have also had you know some of their other um, basic wellness care you know vaccinations deworming Yeah, they do all the uh, necessary inoculations uh, when they basically, when the 12 weeks hits. It's actually mm-hmm. a female Siberian that I'm looking at. Siberian cats? Uh, so, yes. Siamese? Siberian. Siberian. Yeah. We're, all, we're all going to our phones yeah. right now. <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking this one up. Yeah. Yeah, you got to explain uh, what, what kind of kitty this is, a Siberian cat. So this is a fancy yeah, schmancy a, cat. It's a Siberian uh, force cat is what it's called. Yes, I see. Uh, okay, gotcha. And uh, they're large, not as large as Maine Coons, but gotcha. on Harry. the plus side of it, they live uh, a couple of extra years uh, uh, than the uh, Maine Coons. They're very similar to the Norwegian uh, force cats. I, okay. I pet sit, uh, as well. Yeah, I pet sit two Norwegian forest, forest cats, and it looks just like it. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's funny because yeah, you say Siberian. Now we uh, we've got our phones open. We're looking at the pictures. <laughs> Darn adorable! I've oh, got to say, they've got a, like exotic face, but uh, but very big mane kind of look to them—a Maine Coon look. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. When do you get the cat? Uh, it'll be early June. She's about five weeks old right now, and then uh, when time comes, I'll drive to Arizona, Phoenix, pick her up, and drive back. Now, I, I just throw this out here. You may already be set on this, but there is a Siberian cat rescue, several of them, there in Los Angeles, a Siberian kittens cattery. Uh, which, really? Yes, there are, right there in Los wow. Angeles, and that would not only save you the trip, but uh, you would probably be rescuing an animal, too. I just hate to see people buy animals for so many reasons. Well, it, it'll be coming into a house with uh, uh, my dog, which is a Tibetan Mastiff, uh-huh. and uh, another cat, uh, which is a Bengal. So I got to have a kitten to get acclimated. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He sounds pretty ready. He, he sounds like he's got the paper signed and the the kitty uh, uh, bed is all ready for his little one coming on board. And it sounds like it's he, going to be a lucky kitty too. Yeah, I lost my um, uh, kitty of twenty one years uh, last August. Wow. Uh, so I'm uh, kind of missing the purring. That's a good long life. Yes. 
Yeah, that was an American short hair. That was actually a rescue. Well, keep us posted, Andy. Let us know how it goes. Send us pictures, will you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll look up your website and go from there. Thanks Thank you so very much. much. Take care of yourself. Andy calling in, listening on Coast in Los Angeles. He called from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. Oh, and BlackBerry. <laughs> if you're a politician. <laughs> what is that? Equal opportunity for everybody? Yes. Hey, Don, how are you doing? Oh, very good. Thank you. Where are you calling from today? Um, Auburn, Pennsylvania. Is it a beautiful day there? Is it starting to become summer there? Absolutely, yes. Well, how can we help you? We have the whole team here for you. Um, I recently adopted a cat that was a... I'm in the car. Pardon me. Um, that was being taken care of by someone else. And um, we took the cat in, and we'd like to see if we'd be able to take her in our, in our RV. And I was okay. just calling to ask if there were any special tips. Um, I've had her in a couple times just without it moving, and mm-hmm. um, she seems to be okay. Uh, but I just wondered if there were any special tips that I could have to make things go a little bit better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the the first thing is kind of what you're doing already is to get Kitty to expose to the RV and let her investigate it and kind of smell around, get accustomed to the, the environment. That's a big thing. Um, and, and making sure that, you know, it's a positive experience. So, you know, maybe even putting her food in there, um, allowing to, her to eat while she's checking things out. And, you know, yep. just kind of small bouts of time with that. And then um, then I work up to turning the, the vehicle on without it moving and just letting her get used to the sounds, the vibrations, all that kind of thing. Um, and, and if you pick I'm up on that the she's... Right track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's all basically a desensitization program. So we just want to get used to every bit of the, the sight of it, the, the vibration, uh, the sound of it. And when you do actually travel with your kitty until she becomes a seasoned traveler, I do recommend keeping her in a kennel or in a, a, in a cat carrier. And there's a couple of reasons. One is we don't want her to get frightened and hide somewhere while you're driving. Um, but the other reason is because we want to make sure she feels safe and secure. And sometimes when a vehicle, especially an RV, is moving, if she doesn't feel steady, she might become more frightened, unsure of herself, and develop a fear of the RV. So just have a, a very safe, secure um smaller size carrier where she can be cozy and be close to you and and know that everything's okay and you might just take her around the block you know the first time that you have her in her crate that you go for a little quick drive so we're not talking about getting in the car doing a 12-hour haul um, but you want to build up to it and um, as long as she's of the kind of personality that she's pretty chill um, I have a lot of cat owners that take their cats everywhere with them in their RVs but Kitties that I don't find that are as well suited for the RV lifestyle tend to be those introverted cats, the ones that are a little bit more skittish, fearful, not so confident with new things, new situations. For those kitties, it isn't always a good idea, and, and it could just be too upsetting for them. So I guess the bottom line is you know, know what kind of personality your cat has and um, if it's something we can train and work with. There's something that I would like to add. Yes. I traveled the country with five cats in an RV, and my first question is, does your RV have any slide-outs? Uh, yes, one. Okay. But of course, we only put it out when we're camping. Okay, yes, but be very careful because 
believe it or not, there are small holes where an animal, a cat, can get into those slide outs. So what she's saying, before you do the slide out, do a head yes. count. Make sure you've uh, counted yeah, how many. Yes. If, have, have your cat in the carrier before that slide out moves in or out. Either way, do not have that animal loose while you're doing the slide outs because they can okay. get in there. And one more thing. Yes, one more thing. No matter how much you try, they will get out. They'll so sneak have ID. Have ID. Have a collar with your number, a way that people can reach you if your cat gets and out. And microchipping. Otherwise, you'll yes. find yourself staying in a city for a long time waiting, waiting. for your cat to return. Yes. So. Yes, she is microchipped. When Good. We, this is the first cat we ever thought we might take, so she is microchipped. Um, and all those are great ideas. Put a breakaway collar on her with you, with contact. You can tell we've all traveled yes. on the road with our animals. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Hopefully you have a fun time. I sure hope so. Well, thanks for your advice very much. Take care of yourself, Don. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family. And we like to sniff out new places, and we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Hi, this is Dr. Paul on Incredible Radio. Is that what it is? Animal Radio. Okay, I'm sorry. Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. You know, take care of the pets and make sure that in these hot days that they get in lots of water and don't tie them outside in the sun because then they get a heat stroke. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. If you just joined us, this is where we celebrate the connection with your pets. And about uh, six out of every ten households in America have a pet. And uh, there's actually more cats than there are dogs. Because most cat owners have more than one cat. As opposed to dog owners. A lot of dog owners just simply have one dog. But I can safely say that as opposed to 30 years ago when the dog was in the dog house. Wasn't allowed in the house. That was a, that was a big no-no. You wouldn't have mm-hmm. the dog in the house. And especially in the bed with you. Oh, that gosh, was crazy. No. Now we sleep in all kinds of weird positions to accommodate the <laughs> animals. We feed them the most premium food. Uh, we love them because they're they're actually better than family. They're better than Uncle Louie. Uncle Louie, they don't smell like Uncle Louie. And let's face it, Uncle Louie has a food problem. When you He's spitting out food all the time and he talks with his open mouth uh, and it gets all over you. Oh, my gosh. Not, not our dogs, not our cats. They don't do that. They, they, they love us. They take that into consideration. In just a few minutes, we're going to visit with David Fry, uh, one part of the duo David Fry and John O'Hurley, who do the dog shows on television. They have a brand new dog show, and he's here to announce it in just a few minutes. Uh, What are you working on over there, Lori? Oh, you know how um, I always fall in love with these. You see uh, two dogs, say, that are up for adoption, Mm -hmm. and they have to go to the same home together, and they call them a bonded pair. Yeah, I've, I've seen that, yeah. Okay, but they're usually a bonded pair is the same kind of animal. Species, like two yes. Two dogs. Two cats, right. Now, uh, we've just heard a great story about a bonded trio. Three different species. That had to wow. be adopted together? <laughs> wow. Had to be adopted together. Absolutely adorable. Hmm. 
Hmm. Oh. Well, that's exciting. I can't wait to hear that story. Yeah. That's just about 10 minutes away. First, you and your phone call. Yeah, looking down at your radio. Me? Yes, you. The ladies have been telling me I'd be giving preferential treatment to line three, so I'm going to avoid that. Thank you. Uh, ladies, where do you want to go now? What do you think, Debbie? One. Okay. Okay. One it is. <laughs> Hi, Bob. Welcome to Animal Radio. How are you doing? Very good. I have Dr. Debbie right here for you. Well, hi, Bob. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. What kind of critter you got? Furry, uh, feathered, slithering? (laughs) Uh, It's furry. It's a uh, three-year-old golden retriever. Okay, wonderful. What's going on? Well, he was getting these, uh, I don't know if you know what they are. They're called, uh, they're like little spurs, uh, foxtails. He's getting them between his toes. So my son took the trimmers and trimmed the hair between his toes. We trimmed one of them too short, and it, you know, it uh, nicked it and got got a sore on there. Okay. And he he kept licking it, and it kept wasn't getting any better. So my wife's been soaking it and putting stuff on it, and it's gotten better. But then it got a, like a big blister on it. Okay. And my son popped the blister. I guess some clear, bloody clear liquid came out, but it hadn't come back. But we wonder if there's anything else that we can do for it, or if that's the best stuff we're doing, what we're doing. Yeah, with what you're describing here, Bob, I think there's two things that I that I might look at with him. Number one is that in many cases these foxtails they burrow in, and part of it is kind of above the surface, and the other part is like an iceberg. It's underneath the water, underneath the skin surface. So it's very possible he could still have some of that embedded in there, and that's just going to fester until we can get that surgically yanked out of there um and i'm always impressed by the ability of foxtail these little seed parts to just kind of working their way into the body and and really just kind of putting their arms up against the door jam and saying "Uh uh-uh i'm not going anywhere so um so really i'd have to encourage you to get that looked at to see if we need to do a little minor surgery on that to get that out um this the second thing that's really important when we get these kind of festering sores is soaking is great but he's probably going to need some antibiotics um when we break down that skin barrier and you've got an open sore, um, you know, it's just standard of care for these kind of things to, to get the baby on some antibiotics to help that heal from the inside out. And I think with those two things, then you'll have a chance of getting things to heal up. But uh, yeah, they can really be buggers and, um, you know, even just other areas of the feet. Um, so if you haven't, I'm sure you've already looked around, but uh, common places this past week and this past month, my gosh, we've had them out of dogs' eyeballs. Um, wow. We've had them come out of vaginal areas of dogs. Uh, yesterday, I took one out of a prepuce of a dog. Believe it or not, it migrated through. Horrible stuff. My, so um, my, daughter's, do it. my daughter's dog swallowed one. They had to go to the vet and put her, yes. you know, the, put her under to get get it out. Absolutely, that will wow. migrate through the digestive tract yeah. and basically kind of cause abdominal peritonitis basically so yeah some bad stuff so i i I do a a nose to tail search really from uh, inside the ears inside the oral cavity all the feet lift the tail look at all the private parts and those are really the places where these foxtails like to live and just kind of fester so um so i'd definitely get your little fellow over to the vet and see if we need to go poking around in that uh that sore a little bit all right well i appreciate it Thanks for your call today, Bob. Yes, antibiotics, very important with that. And boy, those foxtails, it seems like every year we battle those here at the studios. The cats go out in the cattery and they roll around and get those. Oh, yeah, we had one of our cats that actually, I guess, got it in its mouth and its cheek. The whole side of her face was swollen. 
caused an abscess? Yeah, oh. we had to take her in and get it drained, and they actually found the foxtail embedded in there. I didn't realize that was a problem everyone had, but I guess you see a lot of that over at the clinic, don't you? Oh, yeah. You know, it's all over. It doesn't matter where you live in the country. These things are, are pretty much everywhere. And I had a, gr- a great question. One of my own employees asked me, they said, do these things just like to live on the body fluids? <laughs> and and I said, well, you know, it's a seed. It's kind of inert. So it's really not living. It's just kind of found a convenient transport mechanism. So that's about it. So they're not alive. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-785-1673-800-785-1673-800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Alan Cable with today's amazingly sweet love story watch. <laughs> It goes. Owen's getting a little kiss from his dog. He's seven years old. This is a story of how one little boy and a dog changed each other's lives. Owen has an illness that causes his muscles to constantly be tense, so it's very difficult for him to move around and do simple things. It's made him very shy and withdrawn. Well, some folks were searching for someone to adopt a dog named Hachi. He's a big Italian shepherd that only has three legs. Hachi got hit by a train and then came to us. Owen says it was a magical meeting. First day I met him, put his head on my lap, and that's what happened. Owen's family says he's a different kid with Hachi there, much more outgoing. I'm really happy. Everything changed my life. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Actor and humanitarian Sir Patrick Stewart is fostering a pit bull named Ginger. Have you seen this? Uh, They're a beautiful pair. They bonded instantly. Stewart admits that he once believed the negative stereotypes about pit bulls, but his love for Ginger and other pits has grown so deep that he's now partnered up with the ASPCA to get tough against dogfighters. The love affair between the Star Trek star, who goes by Sir Pat Stew on Instagram, and Ginger, that love affair has been unfolding on Instagram for the world to see, and it's been so fun to watch. Stewart admits that he wasn't always keen on pit bulls and had believed the negative stereotypes about them until he was introduced to a sweet senior pity in Brooklyn about five years ago. 
He confesses, uh, I had a reaction. This is a quote. I had a reaction to that, which I am now significantly ashamed of. He goes on to say that he was even uncomfortable with the idea of meeting Ginger, but that has changed, and so is he. Now he says, I literally find myself more optimistic than I used to be, and there is only Ginger to account for this. It's the impact of sharing my life for only eight days with her. He is in love with his dog, but apparently... Uh, he is not going to be a foster failure for Ginger. Uh, Patrick Stewart says he's only able to foster her while he's living in Los Angeles right now because, sadly, the 76-year-old actor and his wife, though they would love to adopt Ginger, the U.K. does have strict breed-specific legislation known really? as BSL, preventing people from making pit bulls members of their families huh. in England, and he does plan on returning there. He's uh, been, while he's here, of course, a great example of saving dogs and rescuing and fostering and educated a whole lot of people about the beauty of animals that seem to know that you somehow saved their life. Mm. Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. It's weird that the U.K. has a breed ban from a country that really has been very advanced as far as animal welfare and yeah. animal care. That is very strange. Yeah. It seems weird that a whole country would ban um you know, a yeah. whole category of dogs, not just one breed, because we all know a pit bull is not really a breed, but yep. it is strange. It just goes to show you the, um, you know, what the, what the epidemic that's 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 actually going on that's just created by us. You know what I'm saying? What the hype? It's um, you know, it's just it's 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 uh, it's, it's kind of a shame. Anyway. There was a, a couple who recently in California celebrated 15 years of marriage. That's not the news. But they renewed their vows while they were surrounded by their favorite animals, which happens to be cats, and lots of them. Jay and Charity Jones chose to renew their vows at a, a really beautiful place that we've talked about before. And Hal and Judy, you guys have been there, the Cat House on the Kings. Oh, yeah, wonderful place. That's, yeah, it's a, a cage-free cat sanctuary and adoption center right mm-hmm. it's huge too it's huge yes now what is it it's it, what is the name of the town that it's located oh parlier i'm not quite sure how to pronounce yes. it yes i wasn't either so that's why I, i'm probably butchering <laughs> I, it <laughs> no but it's in the middle part of the state there's a video online that shows the couple reaffirming their marriage vows while literally dozens of cats roamed around them freely, just sitting there acting as witnesses. The couple said they decided after they got married 15 years ago, that was 2002, that they wouldn't have children and they instead chose to devote their lives to rescuing cats. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> Uh-oh. That was Hal's stomach. <laughs> yes, sorry about that, a little hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to love this story. A strange trio and a very cute trio of animals that had this very unique and very strong bond between them have been, we are happy to report, all three adopted together. Sasha the dog, Jack the cat, and Tweaks the rat. Yes, (laughs) a dog, a cat, and a rat. Have all had their bags packed and have left the Oshkosh Area Humane Society in Wisconsin. Happy to say. They, um, you may have seen them online. They're so cute. They got a lot of publicity, but together they were known as the Rat Pack. Shelter volunteers say their strong bond was so obvious when you got to see them in person 
that when they were separated while they were being evaluated on their very first night at the shelter, it was immediately obvious to everybody, and especially to Jack the Cat, that he was extremely unhappy. And uh, they say it was, you know, so much more difficult to adopt out two or three pets to the same home. So they had, you know, to really take a lot longer to find a home for this unusual pair. And this trio was uh, not an easy sell. It turns out that their new pet parent was initially, and I think I would be the same way, a little hesitant to adopt Tweaks the Rat, uh, but she quickly changed her mind when she recognized the friendship that they all shared, and she immediately softened to the idea of tw- uh, taking Tweaks after seeing how really, truly friendly and loving he was. But if you haven't seen a picture of them, do yourself a favor. Check them out. It's very cute. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi, this is Joyce Stewart on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your animals. Thank you. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List. Five things you must do when your pet is annoying your neighbors. We all have neighbors who have pets that sometimes test the limits of our patience. We wonder why they can't help or soothe their pet so that we don't have to listen to them bark all day, see them run through our backyards, or deal with other annoyances. And I know some of you are laughing thinking about your neighbor's pets, But some of you listening may in fact be the neighbor we're talking about. Yikes, that's embarrassing. And the mama and papa bears and all of us come out when confronted about our fur kids. So here's a few tips to employ when your pet is the annoying one. To begin with, it starts with training your pet and having a routine for them that makes them comfortable and fulfilled. If you have a dog who needs exercise or a bird that needs engagement before you head to work, then make sure that they get that. It's not their fault. They don't know that they're upsetting the neighbors. They're just simply trying to get your attention and get their needs taken care of. Next is listening to the complaints without immediately becoming defensive and showing your own claws. Your neighbors may have a justified frustration or concern. Your dog barking constantly throughout the day may not bother you when you're at your work, but your neighbor who works the night shift or has a home office may find that, well, let's just say extremely inconvenient. Instead of telling them to live with it or deal with it, you need to listen and give consideration to what you can do to remove or at least reduce that behavior. Another important thing is to be genuinely apologetic and understanding. Most people love pets and it brings out their warmer side. Don't turn up the flame by ignoring them or denigrating what they're saying or feeling. This leads to quick calls to animal control, law enforcement, homeowner associations, and more. It's better to be seen as open to the need to deal with it rather than have more extreme pressure define how you deal with it. And that brings me to another concern, and that is have your pets be legal. If they require a license, then have that license up to date. If they require vaccinations, have the legally required vaccinations. And when you're out in public, make sure they're behaving properly. Finally, know your pet. Yes, I said know your pet. 
Know what they do when you're away, when you're at work, play, or just running errands. These days, it's really easy and inexpensive to set up a camera or three to see what their days are like. This can help you determine not only what's causing their unwanted behavior, but also what needs to be done to correct it. Give your neighbors the same consideration you want them to give you when it comes to pets. Share your good neighbor pet ideas with us on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Remember, if you have questions about anything you've heard on today's show, visit us over at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry, all updated, all new. It is cool, it is free, and uh, you actually look sexier with the app. Not a lot of people know that is one of the effects, but if you download it to your phone, you look sexier. Mm-hmm. Like, look, do I look sexier than I did before I downloaded it? Of course, you're saying. <laughs> so there's so many reasons to download it, so do it now. This is Animal Radio. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-785-1673-800-785-1673-800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app. For iPhone and Android. Guess who called in? Anyone want to take a guess? No, you'd probably be far off because it's the wrong time of year. <laughs> David Fry is on the phone. Hey, David, how are you doing? Hola. I'm doing great. Hey, how are you, you know, doing, I, David? I'm good. <laughs> a little hang time there. How are you? Very good. Well, we, we usually speak to you on uh, Thanksgiving, just around Thanksgiving, because you're there with uh, John O'Hurley doing the dog show on NBC, but you got some new shows this year, huh? a brand new show in Beverly Hills, the, the uh, Beverly Hills Dog Show presented by Fiorina. Yeah. That, are, are, uh, are you on a speakerphone? I'm on a, uh, I'm on my headset. I, so I'm standing outside. And try to find a better place to be. Okay. See what I can do here. This is what um, I like about I'm, David is whenever he calls in, he's on the streets of New York. Just, just, uh, now I'm on the streets of Hope, New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. Okay, so you have so, the Beverly Hills Dog Show coming up here. What is the difference between the Beverly Hills Dog Show and, let's say, Westminster? I'm thinking Beverly Hills is probably uh, ritzy. And... We, um, we're taking advantage of the celebrity element. Okay. Beverly Hills. Uh, red carpet, you know, kind of a fashion show sort of thing. Uh, for our best in show, the walk in the red carpet runway to find our best in show dog, and um, we bring a few celebrities in from from uh, Hollywood and Beverly Hills. Uh, Lisa Vanderpump from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is going to be there to help present our best in show award. Cool. Um, Bo Bo Derek. Bo Derek ten. Uh, Bo Derek is there. Bo is a great friend of the of the club, and uh, Bo's very involved with uh, with horses. She's actually on. 
I believe she's been on the executive council for the California Thoroughbred Racing Association. Mm-hmm. And we've got a few other guys, too, that are going to show up. Rex Lynn, who uh, you may recognize from CSI Miami, the big guy um, from CSI Miami. He actually shows his own French Bulldogs. Victor Espinosa, the Triple Crown uh, jockey for American Pharaoh, going to be there. And, uh, of course, WWE, uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, is uh, a big show on USA Network. So we have the wrestler named as, uh, known as the big show at our dog show as well. You know, he's a big guy, he's seven feet tall and weighs probably 350 pounds. And we've got some great shots of him hanging out with toy dogs. So that's fun, too. And Jennifer Marsala is going to be there from NBC's Taken. Uh, we have a nice celebrity lineup. So uh, we've got that element in there. But, you know, as I always like to say, as you know, you've heard me say it a hundred times, the real stars in our world are the dogs. Absolutely. So are these the same kind of dogs, the same categories that you see in the Westminster or the uh, the Thanksgiving show that we see on TV? Yes, it is. It's a, the Kennel Club of Beverly Hills is a member club of the AKC, just like Westminster, just like the Kennel Club of Philadelphia, which hosts the National Dog Show presented by Purina. And uh, the same breeds are eligible. This year, it's over 202 breeds and varieties that are eligible uh, for competition and, uh, and almost almost 1,400 dogs. So it's a great entry, a great lineup of dogs, and, and uh, we've got something for everybody. And I believe John is with you on this, right? My partner, John O'Hurley, we've been together 15 years. I've had a lot of other relationships in my world that never lasted that long, but, but it's great to have John as a partner, and uh, we've become good personal friends as well, and working on a number of things together. But, yes, this will be our first year together on Beverly Hills. It's the first year on, on NBC and USA Network. And, but John and I will be back this November for our 16th year on Thanksgiving Day of the National Dog Show. So um, it's fun for us to have another show and another excuse to do something together, and we're looking forward to that. Now, is it true that you're no longer calling the Westminster Kennel Club show? Is that true or is that rumor? say that in such reverent terms, but uh, this year was the first year that I did not do Westminster after doing it for 27 years. Wow. A a wonderful part of my life. Um, NBC wanted me to come with them and and create another dog show for them to have to go with the national dog show. So I said, you know what, we've got three great dog shows on the East Coast, Westminster, uh, the National Dog Show, which is the Kennel Club of Philadelphia, and the AKC National Championship, which is in Orlando, Florida. It's time for us to go west. Yes. Uh, for, for many years, for many years, you would, you would appreciate that, of course. For many years, uh, California dogs have comprised the largest or the second largest entry at Westminster in February, so why not go to California? Why not go to LA? And and uh, we were not we are not disappointed in the response that we're getting and have gotten. Well, thank you for bringing it to the West Coast. We truly appreciate it, David. Well, I'm a West Coast guy. You, know, you are. I like to say I'm a, I'm a left coast guy. I grew up in Oregon and, and spent 20 years in Seattle before moving to New York City for the last 14 years. And and just this summer moved to Oregon. So that I'm following my wife on her job. For, and uh, she's the, the director of mission integration and family and uh, spiritual care at uh, Providence Seaside Hospital. So oh, wow. It's a great job for her. I was able to say to her, you go find your dream job and I'll follow you this time. <laughs> because NBC, NBC was nice enough to say you can do this job from anywhere. So 
I'm watching over the Kennel Club of Beverly Hills, so it makes sense for me to be in the West. And I'm, I'm still commuting to the East to be involved with the National Dog Show, of course. Well, you are one multitasking hard worker, and I salute you, David. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. on the show today. I'm truly blessed. We hope people will tune in and watch uh, the, the uh, Beverly Hills Dog Show presented by Purina uh, next Sunday on NBC at 1 o'clock. We'll put all the all times right. and all of that information over at AnimalRadio.pet. In fact, everything you put on today's show, if you have a question about it, definitely hit us up over at our website. David, thank you so much. We will talk to you again very soon. Nice to be on with you guys. Thank you very much. Take care. And once again, it has just flown by. I want to thank you, David Fry, for coming on the show and Dr. Marty Becker. And have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. Was that your sexy voice? Yeah. This is Animal Radio Network.